Is If I'm talking at this level, does that look good? Yeah. Welcome to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark. This time... Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark literally because we are in a closet. <laughs> I've been recording all of these stories remotely because, you know, proximity to others is not a thing right now. But this story was actually recorded in person with my roommate, Katie Thornton. We crawled into her closet, turned on a lamp. Nice lamp. Ooh, let's put the shade on it. Opened some beers, then got discouraged by how hollow our can clink sound was because our beers were in koozies. Clink, clank, yours was better. And then we came up with this alliteration that we decided to say in unison. The clang of a can and a koozie in a closet with your cohabitator in quarantine. The point is that if you are bored at home, just go drink beer and tell stories in a closet. This story takes place in the summer of 2011. Okay, here we go. I would have just turned 19, which was a time in life when I felt absolutely like hot shit. I had just finished my gap year which was incredibly unstructured. I had lived in a couple of houses outside of my folks' house, so I felt incredibly independent. That summer I was canvassing. I was also busking a lot. You could definitely find me down on Nicollet Mall playing the accordion. Playing in like a folk punk band, you know, classic. There had been a big heat wave that summer. I remember, like, at the time I was dating this person, we, like, had met each other a few times, and then we first started hanging out at, like, an outdoor dance party in a parking lot, and we were just, like, making out on the dance floor, and I was, like, 19 and thought the world was my fucking oyster, and then I, like, brought him back to my house, and I was like, well, there's a heat wave, and we have a air conditioning unit in the living room where all the other nine members of my house are sleeping. Should we sleep down there? So it was, like, just prime teenage years. So later that summer, we decided to go to the Boundary Waters. Me, this person I was saying at the time, and then two friends. Should I change names? I mean, this is a podcast with an international following. True, true. And thousands and millions of fans, so, true. you know. Whatever. Me and my friend Micah, and my friend Nate, and my friend Max, because we all were like, let's go to the Boundary Waters. For people who might not know, Boundary Waters is a chain of hundreds and hundreds of lakes that mark the border between Minnesota and Canada. It's a very special place in Minnesota. It's actually the second most visited tourist destination, right after the Mall of America, which probably means that this summer it's going to be the first most visited tourist destination. There's a lot of distance built in. A canoe is like 12 feet long, so you could even socially distance yourself from the person at the bow or the stern of the canoe. The overwhelming majority of the lakes are accessible only by foot and by canoe or by kayak. We set out on this trip and everything is going well for a while, but then basically just every single possible thing absolutely goes to shit. The second day, we just get hit with an absolutely massive storm. There's really gusty winds, and they're making the lake white cap. It's super windy, super scary. I think we had to like get up on our life jackets because we were worried about lightning. And we had to like crash land on this island because we couldn't make it to the other side of the lake in time. And one of our boats was like filling up with water. Basically, the direction of your boat is determined by 
the person in the back. Sometimes if you don't have the most experienced person in the back, at the time that a storm hits you, it gets a little bit difficult to land. So one of our friends had to jump in the water, waist deep, and tow the boat into the land. And then a Boy Scout troop also crash landed on that island. We kind of heckled them a little, and then we were like, what the hell are we doing? We're like sort of adults. The next day, we were doing a very cool thing. We had a fire. There was like a charred log and so we wanted to create some ash so we took a stick and we kind of pushed into the log so that the charred bits turned into powder and one of my friends was like I swear you put sap on your skin and then you put ash over it let it sit for five minutes go in the lake rinse it off and the shape will be there it'll still stay the ash will be on your skin and it like won't come off with water And so we're all putting like six, six, six on our face and like upside down crosses. And like I did tiger slash across my cheek because I thought I looked cool like that. And we like let it sit for a while on our skin and we jump in the lake, we rinse it off and it did stay. And the next day, our new face tats are still on. We're canoeing and we see in the distance there's a nice looking canoe. And they're kind of lurking in the middle of the lake. They're not fishing or anything. So we're like, what's up with these dudes? We have these old aluminum canoes that are like heavy and old. But you get a Kevlar canoe, which is super lightweight, and it just zips through the water. And so these motherfuckers come zipping up in the water on us. And we're like, oh no, who are these people? Why are they getting so close? They are cops. They are boat cops. Pull blurry. Boat cops. Boundary Waters Police. It's so stupid to get pulled over in the middle of a lake. But they're like, Noticed you guys got a uh, expired boat there. Sure enough, the tag did say 10. That was for 2010. When I picked up the boat from my friend in the cities, I was like, sticker says 10. And they're like, yeah, but it's good for three years. So it's good till 2013. And I was like, nice one. Okay, cool. He got it in 2007, and it was good until 2010, because, like, why would you put anything other than the date of expiration on the tag? And they were like... It clearly says 2010 and it's 2011. I was like, man, damn it. You're right. And because I was the person on the permit, I got the ticket. And then they're like... You guys doing any fishing? And my friend just clearly has a fishing pole. And he's like, nope. Cops are like... All right. We're like, sick. Dodge that bullet. How about you guys' life jackets? And I'm like, yeah, I got one in, in here. You got one for everybody in your whole party? It was stupid to not have life jackets for everybody, you know. But I was 19 and thought I was invincible, and I thought that was just, like, your uncle's rule. I didn't know it was actually a law. So then whoever was in the back of the boat that didn't have the life jacket got that ticket. They were like, we're going to go easy on you, and we'll just say you're only one life jacket short. And, uh, what's on your guys' faces? And I'm like, if you take pitch and you put it on your face, cover it in ash, rinse it off, it, like, actually stays. What? No, it doesn't. We're like, no, it does. We put this on yesterday. And they're like, no way. I don't believe that. Okay, whatever, dudes. Believe what you want. Just fully aware that we have upside-down crosses on our face and that they're just, like, giving us tickets. And they're like, so you guys like the Boundary Waters? We're like, yeah, of course. We love the Boundary Waters. That's why we're here. Yeah, us too. You know, we just absolutely love it out here. And 
you know, we loved it so much. We just wanted to make it our jobs. And like, we're just so grateful we get to be out here every day. And we're just there kind of like stewing. Like, we also love the outdoors, but we're not going to like give people tickets and ruin their trips just so that we can continue to love the outdoors every day. So we were salty about that. Eventually, they let us go or after giving us two tickets. And the next day, we're canoeing again. And then we see dudes in a nice boat. We're like, we'll just try to ignore them. They already cited us for anything they're going to cite us for. So we're canoeing along. And then out of nowhere, from behind us, these dudes in a nice zippy Kevlar canoe come up. Like, like they are going so fast. It's like they're on the U of M rowing team or something. They probably were. And then they just come like soaring up behind us and they're like, hey guys, is that stuff still-, still on your face? I don't know why they were Southern. Like I should be able to do a Northern Minnesotan accent because I'm from here. And we're like, yes, it is still on our face. We told you that it stays. And they're like, huh, I don't believe it. And then they just like zip off. It was like a cartoon. They were so much faster than us. Toward the end, we were on our way back to our destination to like where we were gonna park so that we could hitchhike back to our car. And at this point, it's kind of late in the day. We don't have enough food for the next day. And we're like, all right, well, we're almost there. So this is good. We were supposed to portage where you carry the boat through a little gap in between these two lakes. And we like pull up to this little passageway and it's just like a beaver dam is across it, which is ridiculous because it's a beaver dam. We were like, well, can't get around that. You know when something is impending and everybody's thinking it, but nobody says it because you know everyone's thinking it and it's just not yet time to say the thing? There was definitely a moment that someone was like, what can we do for dinner tonight if it comes to it? And I think once that got broached, it was like, yeah, okay, we're all a little bit panicked. I think we looked back at a map and maybe we could like take a long way around and go around a different lake or maybe we just changed where we got out I don't remember but we did make it out that afternoon we got the van picked up the canoe put it on top of the van we'd attached like some two by fours to the roof racks so that it was extra wide and we thought like we'd be able to put them both up there and we're going to load the second canoe on top of the van as well. And it became just very clear that there was no way the roof rack was going to be wide enough, even with the two by fours that we added. Because canoes are like pretty wide. What we did was we opened the rear doors of the van and we just put the canoe in the van upside down. So basically the nose of the boat was like on the windshield on the inside. And we're driving for a while with a canoe on top and another canoe just shoved hastily in a van. And of course, when you brake, when you've got a tip of a canoe buttered up against your windshield, it does crack the windshield. <laughs> but we get home and we're like, that was a great trip, y'all. Like, we had a really fun time. We have one ticket for not enough life jackets, one ticket for an expired boat, and a windshield that we've got to repair for our friend. So I was like, well, I got the ticket for the expired boat. I'll pay that. And whoever the ticket was made out to for the life jackets, he'll pay that. And another friend just offered to pay the windshield. And one friend is like, well, none of that was my bad luck. So uh, I guess I'm good. It's funny because overall, my feeling about this trip, when I think back on it, isn't actually these negative things. It's just that it was like a great trip. 
But I don't think I can tell you a single positive thing that happened on that trip. Why do you think you remember it so positively? I think that unless things like truly go to shit up there, it's just kind of hard to be upset. We get to like not go to work for five days and like hardly see other humans except for these Boy Scouts and these cops and like be just in each other's company. And I think it's really great when you can have a shit time with people and still reflect back really positively. Thanks to Katie for telling me this story and also for listening to a bunch of rough drafts of this show and for putting up with me talking about this podcast idea incessantly over the last few weeks. Like, I'm probably playing this for Katie right now in our house and we're probably both really uncomfortable because sharing your art and your stories can be hard sometimes, but we're doing great. And now she's gonna be really mad at me when I play this show out with a clip from her folk punk band, Alas Alas, playing at the Bookhouse in Minneapolis in 2011. Oh no, I'm so sorry, Katie, it's already playing. I can't stop it. Ah! Oh wait, one more thing. I did just now notice that I said that the boat expired. It didn't, but the the permit was expired. It's like when you renew your tabs on your license plate. You got to get essentially like new tabs for your boat every three years. It's like twelve fifty. It's not too much. That sounds like a lot for a <coughs> boat permit. You already got the boat. That's true. That's true. Preach. Julie for DNR <laughs> chair. Is that a position yeah. in the DNR? Yeah. DNR 2020. <laughs> so yeah, vote for me for DNR chair 2020 and get in touch if you would like to tell me a funny story of your own. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.